Hey there, Trek Off fans. The Enlight Podcast Network and Trek Off have a lot of cool things coming for you this summer, including DS9. Yes, Alexia has finished it. We're going to be talking about it. You pop over to Pop Off. You're going to be hearing stuff about Harry Potter and Transformers. We're going to have the return of the hot mess with Phil Stamper, more Ninjas versus You, and best of all, Ninjas versus Vampires is now available for Netflix streaming. It's for free. If you have Netflix streaming, you can just get it and watch it for free, just like these podcasts. So that's it. Now enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. You gotta still do this show, right? Welcome to Trek Off. Um, It's weird. I'm saying we're back, but like from the listener's point of view, like we disappeared for a couple weeks and then we've been back for two weeks. But from uh, for our point of view, we're back because we've been gone. Um, It's been like three and a half weeks, three four weeks since since we've done this, right? Shit, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while because I had a baby. I had a baby. I, I, I didn't have a baby. So, no, okay. yeah, don't say that shit. So on the if <laughs> your wife had a baby. Yeah, if you if you <laughs> if you go back to the uh, to the um, I guess it's the Wrath of Khan one. The, no, the Q one. <coughs> if you go back to the Q episode, it starts with a Hey, we were gone because because my wife because my wife had a baby and went on. Um, when I first recorded the promo, I, re- I recorded a perfect promo to go before go before that episode. And I said, because I had a baby and we did it and I did a perfect one. And it was the uh, the perfect time and it was really enthusiastic. And I told people to go to the online podcast now. We did everything we're supposed to do. But I listened to it and I said, there are going to be some motherfuckers out there who are like, you didn't have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so so I re-recorded it and, um, and it was never as good as that first take. Uh, and it bummed me out. So that's what you get for trying to take credit. I wasn't trying to take credit. Trying to be some joker who says he had a fucking baby. I do, like I you're did like, did have a baby. Schwarzenegger in that I movie. I did not. I did not. I did not deliver. Never had a baby. I didn't. I did not. <laughs> I did not deliver a baby. Yeah, I but I would never say I had a baby. I didn't deliver a baby, but I I did not possess a baby before, and now I do. So therefore, I had one. And no, you contributed to the creation of one. I, that was a long time ago. No, what I, what I, now, what, ooh, what you should have said is a baby has arrived. A baby has arrived. I think I forget See, how I phrased correct. it. That's correct. Yeah, it's like we, yes, we I, got, I got, I could just say I got <laughs> a baby. Unless you got rid of it. I got a baby. I got a baby <laughs> on the black a, market. It somebody was, else's. Somebody dropped a baby off. I was like, oh, I got a baby now. Cool. That's so, great. um, so yeah, so that's what I've been doing. So, um, I have lots of stuff I want to talk to you about. We are going to have our uh, our DS9 postmortem, which is not to say that we aren't going to still do. We're going to go over the course of the life of this podcast. We intend to go probably every single. We'll do a podcast dedicated to every season, season of every show. That's kind of the goal eventually, but we need to save that. But we can't really let this wait for that. Well, here's the thing, right? I know we were going to do that, and we'd already started doing that. And we're going to continue then, to and do that. And we're going to continue to do yeah. that. But then I had seen, and this was, of course... Gosh, I think when you like, you were like, oh, I'm sorry, I know, but we're not gonna. And I was like, what? Because I just finished, I think, season six. Or no, I was partway through season six, or maybe it was five. I don't know. The season where Odo Uh and Kira Mm -hmm. get together. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, and I don't get to talk to you about it. Yeah, you asshole. <laughs> well, no, there's so much to talk about. Oh, stop! My stop! Gosh. Stop! Okay, using, okay. I'm sorry. So she's got this Coke bottle, and to prove her point, she's like hitting the table with it. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. So gonna she stop puts her fists things. on the table. She's I'm like, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna do that anymore. 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just one more time. Yeah, very good. And now we're done. Very good. Our point has been no, made. No, that's not actually true. I'm totally going to do it again. But here's the awesome. thing. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, hold on. Are we jumping in? Or are we just going? We're not doing any preamble? What preamble? Listen. <laughs> There's so much shit that I want to talk. We always talk about stuff first, about what other stuff? stuff. What fucking stuff? Listen, Last we can talk we about talk, the other stuff, on, on but here Q, we're going to talk about this on stuff. On the Q episode, we like talked about Thor. You were like, it's Thor's day. I saw Thor. And we went for 15 minutes on Thor. And this time, they're like, no. And I just saw Chad Vader, and it's awesome, and I want to talk about it, but fine. Well, I guess we'll we later. can talk about bad movies and, and good movies. We can do that later. later? No, no, uh, there won't be later. We're going to get... Yeah. yeah, we talked about you having a baby, and we could talk about how I saw Red Riding Hood, and it was shit. Yeah, but like it's not going to be as much fun. Okay, so so <laughs> maybe we'll get two in tonight. Let's see what we're recording this at twelve nineteen. We might be able to get two in, and this one probably won't go that long because it's it's you know. Because won't why? it? Because I don't know. Why? why? Why wouldn't it? Here's the thing, because I can go on and on about Odo and Kira, and let me tell you why. Okay. So uh, here's on. what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you what happened when I watched this episode, and then you're gonna say you're a fucking liar. That's not what happened, All and right. you are gonna be wrong. Okay, but so we're gonna talk about that <laughs> episode. You want to have the conversation with me? You finished the series. You want to have the conversation with me from four weeks ago because you couldn't have it? Um. Yes, motherfucker. Yes. Sure. Let's. Get, it's so insular. It's like it, all the listeners must have seen this one. This one episode. Um. Um. Well, it's only one of the greatest episodes ever. What's it? His way is that the name of the episode? I yeah. Think? I think. So. Look at that. Look at that, bitches. His way. I love that episode. Go ahead. This is what I'm talking about. So I'm watching the episode and I already like it's not the right, first time we've, we've met Vic. We met Vic before that. And I was digging on Vic. I was like, Vic's pretty right, cool. So, right? so can I can I give a, a quick plot synopsis for people who haven't seen the episode? Real no, quick. I can't. I can't. No. Because he's never quick when he does a plot right, well, synopsis. We, it, not ever. We don't, look, not ever. I didn't. Fi- I didn't like three minutes. Last. No, no. <laughs> I, need le- I need less than five minutes for this. This is easy. Um, the no, co- don't give it away. Yeah, we we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> No, we, we have to tell All them what happened. All you need to know. All they need to know is no, who Vic is. No, 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 no. Let's tell, let's tell them what happened in the episode and then we'll talk. Fine, right. then I'll tell them what happened in the all episode. Right, how, about, right. how about that? Okay. Let's have a change of pace. I'll okay. tell them what happened. Do you remember? Um, Are you fucking kidding me? So the context up to this episode has been. The context up to this episode. <laughs> up to this episode. Okay, so this is what I'm feeling. And it's important to play into it. That's as well. not the synopsis. Let this me is finish. What you're feeling. Let me finish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will beat you over the head. I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> My family is all woken up upstairs. I would like There's to There's a baby sleeping in the house. Suck it. There's a baby sleeping in the house. You know, well, then maybe it's going to be a really deep you know, sleeper because you, this is going to help. You know what, what my what, what, what my wife said when, when, I, when I said you were coming here? She's like, good. Um, we're going to try and sleep. What are we going to do about the baby? I said, why? And she goes, because you guys are loud. <laughs> <laughs> what? Us? No. Right, look, Definitely not. Uh, no. Here. Okay. So- up to this point, two minutes. Go. What is important is that Odo has loved Kira for a very long time, and before that, they were very, very good and friends. They, and they even not like they've always been very good friends. Like yes. the, over the entire course of the uh, like from episode one and prior to that. Yeah, yeah. That's, they that's they have the, been yeah. good friends. Like so, when Best you're friends, yeah, almost. when you're jumped into it from the first episode, there's history there for them being really close. Yes. And then at some point, it becomes obvious and clear that Odo is in love with Kira. And you want them together so bad. 
But it's Kira me. has no but idea. She has no clue. She does not know. And the only time he tells her is in, an, in like a in an episode where it's not actually her. It's one of the founders. No, she does. She does with her. No, she does. Yeah, but at this and point, she does know because of she, yes, she does know at this point because there's an episode where they go to the um this planet where what actually happens in the a, field a, is a, they, a, a they few, crash. A, well, well it, without doing that whole a future version of Odo says back when I was younger. I was At so in time, love with you. I was so in love with you. Yeah. And she's like, what? another astounding, astounding episode that episode. And it was a gr- just a, such a great performance from him because he's yeah. just like he's pouring so his heart out. He's so different. Because he's all wise now. And he's like, I should have told you then. And I'm, yeah. that's why I'm telling you now that I love you more yeah. than anything. And she's just like, floored and, and then it's like now what do we do right so things have been awkward and then at this point a lot of shit has happened you know Odo has you know vacillated between being um, you know with the his people and yeah. being against and you she, know Deep and, Space and, and Nine she, and, and she has felt a, betrayed by him and at she, this point. she has felt betrayed by him at this point um, they're, ju- they're just beginning to get their friendship yes. back on track at this point they're just beginning to get back in the group and then this episode and, and then this ahead, episode the happens episode. so, so Vic, Vic is who the, is Vic Vic is a hologram he is a hologram. Like James Darren. He's awesome. created by um, by matter. Bashir because a, we he, love Bashir. He's a, he's a, okay. He's a hologram with a with he's he's a special hologram. Like he knows he's a hologram. He and he yeah. And he's able to do stuff that other holograms can't. Yeah, do. Ima- imagine the Doctor from Voyager. Same capabilities as the Doctor Doctor from Voyager, except he's not a doctor. He's a lounge singer. He's a lounge singer. Yeah. And he's world wise. Yeah. He's cool, right? He's a cool dude. He's yeah. calling everybody Pally, which I freaking yeah. love. Um. And so there've already been a couple episodes with him, you know what I mean, kind of helping people out and being a friend. Well, so in this particular episode, somebody is saying, "Oh, you always go to Vic or something like that." And so Odo actually does it, which is not something Odo. Which would is do. not something Odo would do. And I, and I remember when it started, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna hang with Vic. That's so cool." Well, okay, because the because the thing about the character, you know, for those who are just casual viewers of DS Nine, the thing about Odo is when you first meet him, he's an asshole to everybody, and then what you learn over the course of the show is that he is outwardly an asshole to everybody, and he is, continues up until the very final episode to just be a dick. But you, what you find out is in the private moments that the show lets you see that maybe not everybody else gets to see is that he has the biggest heart and he's the biggest yeah. softy of everyone it's it's something actually on voyager they do really well with the doctor as well mm-hmm. that 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 when you see him in his private moments you realize that the reason he's an asshole is because he's insecure and he's, he's mm-hmm. he has got the biggest most sensitive heart of everybody on the entire station and yet his reputation is that he's a cold-hearted dick yeah and, and and i don't feel like odo's i would i would disagree with you i don't feel like odo's vibe is that he's a cold-hearted season dick, season one odo but but that he's just that he's dispassionate yeah. That like it, it's not about him being a dick. It's well, about him, one, it's about it's about him not being <laughs> emotional. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing is that is that I think it becomes pretty clear over well, and time. That's, and that's as what well. and that's what makes you you as an audience member dig him so much because because everyone else, his casual acquaintances, the people who kind of know him, see him as being one way, and you, the audience, who get to see him both when he's with them and also when he's bearing his soul a little bit, you know, what they do so well with him, you see him, yes, he's just gruff and, and, and like this and, and doesn't show any emotion at all. And then Kira walks off frame and his face, his uh, eyes, and you see that he is longing underneath it. He's so and they, and they give her. that to you. They give that to you so much that you go, you, you both through the performance and the writing and the, and the show running, because they do this over episodes and episodes and episodes. Yep. And they, 
that you get to see that that gruff exterior is just that a gruff exterior and and it makes you want him to be able to show his heart so much more i mean it's it's very much like what they did i would say i would compare the episode we're talking about do you see the episode uh, of next gen where picard is linked to crusher yeah and at the end of the episode when he has to oh i'm going to choke up thinking about it when uh when like he comes to her and says well now that we know that we have these feelings for each other maybe we should do something and she says or maybe we shouldn't and at the end of the episode all you see picard do is blow out a bunch of candles and it's just the way patrick stewart plays it that just the act of blowing out the candles you see he's not even letting himself cry when he's by alone when he's by himself but you see that he is just heart fucking broken yeah. and and renee abajanois does this so well yeah he does um so plot of the episode so he's taking little lessons from vic on how to essentially get kira to finally let her know that he loves her because she's there's been talk of her going and seeing uh car yeah kira kira has had um Two uh, major relationships. Two major relationships Brile, over the course of the show. But she he is, dies. She is the only character on the show who has more than one regular Serious She she is all. She's almost consistently in a monogamous relationship over the course of the show. That's actually true. Um, yeah. And she goes, which makes her a very real person because that's what you know. People who are not married, people who are single, tend to have like a one two year long relationship, and that goes away. And then you have like six months that you're not, and you're in another one. Yeah. That's that, so that except that those seem very long and difficult because through all of them, there's all this shit going on. Odo has been watching and, and Odo's longing. just watching and wanting like, cause they, I mean pretty much it's, I don't know what season it starts in, but it's pretty, pretty soon that it's like clear that he's in love with her and he wants her. I think, no I else. think the episode that is a uh, heart of stone is the one where, where, where he says fake, it out loud. The fake for the Kira, the is, fake Kira. Is, is all stuck in the, and I think that's season three. Yeah, so like from there, two years, two years of like watching. We're watching him love her. Yeah, and of course, from a viewing standpoint, like I want them together so bad, but like I know that like they can't be because we can't put characters together on a show that you want to be together because nobody wants to actually see and that, which I still think is fucking bullshit. But like, this is one of the few shows where I feel like it really works. It actually. does. It's amazing. Like when so. I got to like so they're they're doing the whole thing and he's going to Vic and Vic is trying to massage him and get him to show not his really feelings. massage him yeah why is <laughs> everything gotta be dirty with you I no no I'm in that mood gosh get out the gutter sorry anyway it's beautiful what we're talking about is beautiful man it's beautiful beautiful okay so um so he eventually Odo has like a, a meltdown moment is like no I can't fucking do this. Right, because he, I think Vic manages to create Akira in the program, a hologram for him to practice with. And he's like, this isn't right. This isn't her. This isn't going to work. I can't fucking do this. And he just leaves and he's done. And Vic manages to get in touch with him outside. And get him to come back. Because and, he's amazing. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I've, I've made some adjustments to the Akira hologram i think it's gonna work out for you just show up it's gonna be at this time trust me buddy pally it's gonna be great so he manages to get him to come back meanwhile vic has managed to actually talk to kira he busts in on her kira still doesn't know no kira still doesn't, she doesn't know why she's there she doesn't well was she no he man she's like praying she's going she's in a hollow suite praying or doing something bajoran like yeah. and he breaks into her program and says odo wants to go on a date with you and lures her 
to this date with Odo in a holosuite in his bar, which she agrees to go to. So she knows. So she knows she's going on a date with Odo, and it's finally happening. And she's Odo been wondering she's about it because she's known this whole time that he's in love with her, and he's never done anything about it. They've never talked about it. So she, so she's going, knowing what's up, and Odo thinks it's not really Kira. So he goes, and the date starts to actually go really well because he's not freaking out because he's talking to Kira. It's a hologram from. It's as hologram far as, he as far as he knows, and like eventually. Odo says some shit <laughs> and gives it away and they realize what's been done that he didn't really know he was on a date with her and they race out and they start yelling and at they each race other race out and it's horrible and everything goes terribly wrong and then it's all over and you're like oh and no then, and, and then, then the last... and then and then she's talking about it with her with like Dax and them and he's talking about it and like everybody's happening and then at the very end she's like she just has a realization she just just fucking right on the promenade goes and They're yelling at each other yelling and, and she just kisses him and it is the most amazing thing ever i absolutely cheered you should oh, have me seen too. me me too oh yeah i was like i was jumping up and down oh, I, I, I was clapping i, I was didn't, screaming i didn't i you know the funny thing is is you're 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 such a man and i'm such a woman because because <laughs> when it happened i didn't cheer i was i wish you i wish the audience audience could see what i'm doing but i should do it for you i i i, I was like Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was crying, yeah. but I was like oh, happy yeah. crying. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It was. So, I mean, I just I did like because I remember we had a conversation about something, some movie I'd seen in a movie theater, and it was so good that I, I applauded it. And you were like, "You wouldn't have done that if you were alone. You just did that because you were in a movie theater, some other bullshit." And I was like, "Nah, that's not even true." And then. I know you don't remember. I, it does not surprise me at all. But like, I was like, I'm going to tell him that I would have applauded at home because I would have. And I'm going to tell him that I applauded this at home. And he's going to say, no, you didn't. So I'm surprised that you're that you're actually admitting that that's what happened. You've grown I'd, so I'd much. I'm shooting Novogaine into my mouth. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for me to talk about. <laughs> what? no idea what is wrong with you sometimes i really don't <laughs> get a little crazy <laughs> like it's like sometimes some, i have to talk like this something happens to you okay so so when we started so that was probably the best episode ever just uh except that there's so many other best episode ever no of the show no okay all right I'm sorry now all right it, it, it's a good if we do it's that such the a show's tr- over it's <laughs> such a triumphant moment man it's like it such a, a triumphant moment. It is and a what's triumphant great moment. after that is that they totally are amazing and awesome as a couple. From the end, from that to the end of the series, yeah. I would say this, in, in terms of being an amazing episode, I feel like it would be picking nits to go, oh, but there are others that are as... It's amazing. It's a 10. There are like 20 other 10s. No, it's like a 13. Fine, there are 20 other 13s. Um, no. Oh, dude. Some 12s. Oh, some dude. 11s. In the pale moonlight. Some 10s. Fine. It's my no. You're wrong. Favorite. I disagree. I disagree. So for the sake of the everybody's don't listen. For the for the sake of the fact it's, that it's we need to argue favorite. to make the show go it's on for another thirty minutes. Don't shh. Everybody. Okay. So so <laughs> so when we started DS9 season one, you're like, oh no, this is good. No, this is good stuff. And I was like, you don't know. You don't know. You're right now. You're 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 eating Sizzler, but like Ruth Chris is coming. <laughs> 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 everything with you is steak. 
Um, um, I don't no, think I've was, ever done a no, steak there, metaphor there, before. There, there are some other really good. Uh, okay, so here's what's the show is so good. First uh, of agreed. All, and here's the can reason. Can I ask you a question before we get into the details? Best Star Trek series. I mean, like, like you said, you said nothing was going to touch next gen, and I said you have to watch DS Nine. It's in, in its entirety, and you will go, holy shit. I think, and this could very well just be from a purely emotional, nostalgic point of view. Like, I don't think anything for me can be better than the original. Like, I just don't think it's possible. Better than next gen. You're gonna call the what you just watched the third best. I'd say it's at least on par with. I don't know if I agree that it's better than. I think it had more it's time to tell then. its story. It's very different. It didn't have then. more time to tell its story. It had seven seasons, just like Next Gen. Wow, it seemed like longer. The exact same, <laughs> uh, but it's because it was it's serialized. It, yeah. it was because Next Gen was, was always, very. Inca- it like, always it always the, finished. Yeah, I think that for that reason they were able to tell a bigger it story. Was such an epic, epic, you know? epic. First of all, I feel like I feel like if you love Star Trek. That DS9 has to be the show for you. Um, and the reason I say that is because more than any other show, it explores the Star Trek universe. It really, it does. You, I, you, I would say it, it you gives end you up, a lot more you in, get, insights into, into you the get politics. You get to know the Romulans. Into, you get to know the Klingons. You get to, yeah. not just the Romulans, but a Romulan and a Klingon. Yeah. And you get to know the, the way they behave. You get to know how Romulans, you know, a Romulan who likes jump sticks. You know, you, you. No, she doesn't. Oh, she tries it, but she, she doesn't like it. it. She doesn't like um, it. Oh, well, yeah. look at that. Um, but but you get to you you get to see <laughs> you get to see what Cardassia is like. You end up on everybody's home world. You end up like nobody is totally. Sc- I have to say, like as as much like I really like the the next generation, and I feel like that what this does have that it doesn't have is that this the scope is just much bigger and wider. Like the circumstances that they are dealing with, the people that they're interacting with. It's enormous. Well, I, I feel like next generation. When I watch them now, I feel like next generation is the framework, and that DS Nine is the building. I feel like everything on DS Nine was set up in next gen for the first time. The next gen just laid seventy thousand seeds out there, you know, for uh, including stuff we never see again. And then DS Nine cherry picks all the best of those seeds that was laid by next gen and puts the like like ten ingredients together and makes the best possible recipe from that. Where next gen was just like next gen would introduce thirty aliens, you know. You know I mean, twi- I could see what you're yeah, saying. It's, like they, it's it's a more it's it's in some ways more focused, but in other ways more 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 broad. Like in, in yeah. going down those shoots that it chooses to go yeah, down. Yeah, because you're because like, yeah because you're ne- you're never gonna see the random aliens, the fish aliens that showed up in, yeah. in next gen. You're never gonna see those guys again. The, these guys are about you know the big guy. Yeah, you know, I will say this about about both. Next Gen and DS9 is there's there is a certain amount of scoopability. I may have mentioned to you how you have to scoop your own brain out in order to accept things. And the thing on on DS9 that you have to what the hell is that? Sorry. Um, The thing on DS9 and to a lesser extent Next Gen, but totally on DS9 that you have to expect except is that on this little tiny station, absolutely every single character on this station is in a relationship with the leader of their race. Which is interesting. That Ben Sisko is a god who knows the president of the Federation. And and uh and Jadzia Dax is is 
the one who inherited the most respected of all the trills, but she ended up a science officer on the station. And Quark is the brother of the Grand Nagus, and Worf ends up... Wait, who's the brother of the Grand Nagus? Quark? No, he's not. Rom's not the Grand Nagus at the end of the show? He is at the end of the show. Oh, fine. Quark's mother is dating the Grand Nagus. But that's not till much, much later. I'm just saying, it doesn't start that way. But No, it doesn't start that way. But it's it's the one thing, because the show gets so big, you just kind of have to accept that, you know, that that Kira is is in a relationship. uh, Her second relationship is with the leader of all of Bajor. And then her next relationship is with the guy who saves all of the changelings. And it's just sort of like, you sort of have to accept that. It's the same way that on Next Gen, you have to accept that everybody becomes lieutenant commander. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the way you just sort of have to accept that every or or even the original series movies that everyone is captain by the end, even though they all have their old regular jobs. So the, <laughs> the you know the 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 idea the well, because I- realistically these the characters that they've created are are such extraordinary characters doing extraordinary things that because, to, yeah. to believe that they are that they aren't going to go places yeah, to is tell, ludicrous. To tell to tell a story this big, you kind of had to do it, but it's just I got to the end of the show and I was just like, "Wow, let's look at our main cast." Yeah. Our captain is the is essentially the Jesus of a planet. Yeah. His his uh his first officer is in love with the leader of the planet is with the leader of the planet her alternate uh, her uh, her mirror universe alternate is was at one point the leader of that entire mirror universe. Her uh, her. Uh, what are you talking? Am I talking about Brile? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Kira's mirror universe alternate as the intendant. Oh right 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 right. right. Oh, I see that, what you're saying. Okay, that, okay, that, okay. that she is a pivotal figure. Yeah. In multiple worlds, that that Jadzia is the respected Curzon among all of the the best you know the the klingons of you know that 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 they all get to know the guy who becomes the 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 head of the klingon empire that Worf is the one who ends up killing the previous head of the klingon empire that quark his mother is in a relationship randomly with a grand nagus who his brother then also becomes the grand nagus that his nephew is the first ferengi in starfleet that you know that and jake's probably just sitting there going oh what about me i'm a writer I don't get paid, you know, and I think but I get seen. Yeah, I, I think that I think that it's it's something I'm willing to accept because I love the way they tell the story. But it is kind of true that everyone on the show becomes so like, can you imagine like and it's just this random station of like this place should be an underground bunker where none of these people can ever get hurt because they are so important. Yeah, it's not just a random station like it is a station that is in a key position. An important strategic. I know, position. but but the idea that the security officer of that station would at some point end up being at least for two minutes the head of the Klingon Empire, or the idea that the bartender on the station would end up with the brother who ends up. It's, yeah, no, I hear you. It's, but it's that's a, not. I love it though, there. but but I love it. I mean, it's I love. It's the same way that I love, and it's actually kind of what I hate about Voyager because you go from DS Nine to Voyager, and Harry Kim stays an ensign for all seven years. Oh, that's tragic. You know, and especially since he's the hottest one on there. You know, I do actually. He's awesome, Garrett Wang. Garrett Wong is, is is is. I'll hot. talk to you more about on a different podcast, I'm sure. But it's it's one thing you sort of have to accept that everything is everything is huge. Even even O'Brien is responsible for bringing down the head of Section Thirty One. Bashir is a superhero. You know, it's, and I think that's the other thing that's fun. That, so that's the other episode that I that was really really good. 
that just made me go, what? When you find out that Bashir is genetically engineered? No, that's a great episode. But I'm talking like the Section 31 episode. All of them. There are like four of them. Well, the first one. Oh, all of them. All I love Section 31. Like I love that the concept. whole concept. I love it. I love I and I love it. I love William Sadler who oh he's the, so perfect Sloan. so like what I know him from most I think is Roswell which I will probably be the only one that knows him most from that Bill and Ted's bogus journey um, is death well, I fell in love with him in Roswell because he was a, a similar kind of character like he was we've a good guy about, but we talked about it we've already talked about him like like how how I uh, didn't we talk about him on a podcast already I don't. I thought we. I have so many Star Trek conversations. I don't, I don't know which know. ones are on mic or which did ones we? are not. Maybe we did. Anyway, yes. Anyway, William he's Sutton. he's he's got that ability where he's just he's likable and he's a good guy, but he can do the gray things. Yeah. The things that like. Well, that's the that's so the episode I want to talk to you about about what I consider to be, um, some of the great, in my in my opinion, the best episode of DS Nine. Okay, so what do you think is the best episode? In then? the pale moonlight. The episode is narrated by Captain Sisko, where Garrick takes oh, wow. Captain Sisko yeah, yeah, down yeah. this very dark, yep. very gray road. Oh, yeah. And at oh, the end yeah. of the episode, he admits it, that he's done all these horrible things. And then things. he deletes he goes, it. He goes, I can live with it. I can live with it. I can, can live, live with, with it. it. And, <laughs> and then, and it's, and then it's, he deletes the log. Talk about it. It's an, amazing. It's yeah. an astounding. That episode's astounding. The final episode is heart-wrenching. Here's the reason I don't schmaltzy. think those are the best. Okay, so the reason I think that the episode where Kira gets together with Odo is sure. the best uh-huh. is because from a purely emotional standpoint and a standpoint of uh, they never do that. You know, like it. For me, it was a. I finally get to see these two people together that I've wanted to be together sure. for many, yeah. many years. And, and as a and, Buffy fan, I appreciate and then, that. And then it was also the, the, the. They never do that. They never give you what you want. When, when that's what you want out of a show, they never fucking give it to you. Because once they give it to you, they decide that it's, it's usually the kiss of death for a show. So yeah. for, that was why, for so many reasons, that, that particular episode to me was triumphant. Yeah. Like those other episodes are good. Like In the Pale Moonlight is a phenomenal episode, it's absolutely gripping. And like, what the fuck? Oh, all the like, time. you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, Cisco, you, dude, yeah. dude, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Well, I mean, look, look, <laughs> I, I look at I the best episodes for me are, are his way, the final episode, what you leave behind. Even though it's a little schmaltzy, I still get Ugh, teary. I hate that episode. The final episode? Yeah. Why? Because everybody leaves, Justin. Or dies. Or dies. It's horrible. Of course you fucking loved it. And I'll tell you what else you fucking loved. Stop yelling into the mic, please. Sorry, I was ang- I'm angry. I'm angry at you. Of Let me tell you, you why are. I'm angry at you. Okay. And it's fair. Because what would... Oh, you know who my favorite character is? Ezri Dax. You're such a dick. I did not know until you say that shit. That Jadzia's gonna die. Did and you then, know when I said that? Did you figure it out? Did you go, like, oh shit, he just told me Jadzia's gonna die? Yeah, because you're a fucking dick. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I was That was an accident. You it are really so was full of shit. You at are first, full of no, shit. At first, if you listen back, it's we have it on tape or on whatever is tape now. <laughs> whatever um, is tape right um, now. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, at first, it was an accident. At first, it wasn't. I will say this, that... Um, I hope it didn't ruin anything for you. I would tell Kelly let fly spoilers for uh, Buffy the Vampire. Slayer. By the way, if you're listening to this and we never said spoilers for DS9, I'm going to have to do a, a little promo beforehand. Okay, here's the deal. We're ta- we're here to talk about Star Trek. So you have to assume everything that comes out of our mouth no. is a spoiler for something or another. Yeah, but this is DS9. You know? I'll still do a promo beforehand. Um, uh, <laughs> Just spoil- Spoilers for Buffy. If Skip ahead one minute if you have if you have not seen Buffy. I won't go longer than one minute on, on Buffy. Um uh, but my wife let me know at the beginning of season seven of Buffy 
um, you've seen all Buffy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Spike was going to die. She accidentally told me. Oh. It actually enhanced my enjoyment of season seven because try watching season seven of Buffy thinking that Spike's going to die. Because he keeps getting into precarious, like Principal Wood wants to kill him and traps him in a thing. And yeah, that's, a, it keeps so, almost happening. So, yo, so yeah, so the entire season, I'm like, oh shit, this is the one. This is the one. Well, see, let me tell you why that's bad for me. Because it just makes me an emotional wreck. I like being an emotional wreck. I don't. I like to be emotionally moved. Of course moved. you do. That's why you're I like weird. to watch things. That's no, why that's... you like it when motherfuckers die. You're like, kill them all. Me, on the other hand, I want everybody to live. I want them to ride unicorns on rainbows holding hands, okay? Poor, poor Cardassia, man. It's, it's, there is no happy ending there for no, anyone. No, there isn't. Uh, Here's what I love, though, about It's that. so dark. I mean, it's so dark. It's Here's like, what I love about that whole situation, though. Can I, favorite quote? You know, kill the Cardassians. Which one? All of them. Annihilate the population. Just, it's fucking no, dark. No, I think one of the one of my favorite lines um, is is Damar, and he's fighting with his like his first at this juncture when they've decided to go underground and take Cardassia back. Which, by the way, is fucking triumphant as hell when he yeah. does that. And he's sitting there and they're bitching about the, the guy's bitching about Kira. Like he doesn't think Kira's right. And he he's like, "Don't you fucking hate her?" And he's like, "I can't afford to hate her." And oh, neither it, can you. And it's just like, whole, it's so And then DeMar ends awesome. up killing his friend. Because he knows what has to be done. And that's why I say that DS9 is not a show that could have been produced post 9-11. Because it truly does make you sympathize with terrorists. It truly does go, you but know But see, what? here's where I disagree with you. Because it doesn't just make you do that. Like, there are times when you're with, you know it's, what I mean? It's brave enough to make you do that, though. It's it. It doesn't make you side with anyone. As a matter of, from from a certain point of view, you can even see. Yes, I would say that by the end of season seven, both the founders and Gul Dukat both become mustache twirling, mustache twirling caricatures of well performed, but truly just they're evil people who want to do evil things. But I would say if you around season five, both the changelings and Dukat. You can see where they're coming from. Um, and and that is when I feel like the show is at its best is when you know what? You understand terrorists and you understand why the victims of terrorists want to kill the terrorists and you understand why the bad guys are doing the things they're doing. And you understand you understand where even I think that Kai Wynn, Kai Wynn is such a, a, a well, well realized character when you realize that when she says I've given my life to the prophets and they've never spoken to me. And then they speak to the stranger. Yes, she's a megalomaniac. And by the end, she is also a mustache twirling villain. But they at least <laughs> give you the... the. Well, I like that she doesn't just jump to it, though. Like, the, the way that they kind of break her down... Yeah, but is, they do is, break her down. It's interesting and good, and it's not an easy thing. Well, and I do like that, you know, look, I will say that there are people who feel like that the that these three-dimensional characters get betrayed in the end of season seven. And I, I kind of feel like, you know what? the I like that... They, they spent all the time they could exploring the depth and, and three-dimensionality of Dukat. And instead, yeah. And instead There's of... There's nothing left to explore. And instead of getting rid of him, they kept a great actor and made him a mustache-twirling villain and the best kind. And just like... No, he's good. Every single moment Mark Alemo is on screen is electric. He is, in my opinion, the best character on DS9. What a horrible ending for him, too, <laughs> said Mr. A. Over yeah. in the corner with his I, popcorn. He, you know, okay. No. I mean, I see why you would say that. 
I just feel like I feel like um, it, the the conventional wisdom would have been that you could kill him off and move into a different direction because there wasn't that I mean, much I more. I mean, I definitely like that they don't kill him off. Um, I think I would have liked to have seen him go in a different direction. Um, Instead of being evil and all powerful. Yeah, like I I think he was more and, interesting and that's when only, he was when he was just a guy. That was well, that, governed by his own shit, and, and, and maybe he didn't make the right choices all the time, but he meant well. You know, did he though? No, he was no, he was Hitler. That's the thing. He was Hitler. He ne- he 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 meant well in his own mind, right? But he was oh, yeah. he was a, a mass murdering fuckhead. To quote Eddie Izzard, he was he was not a good guy. Well, that's what I think is great about it because I think you get to see you know the mass murdering fuckheads. And you get to see that maybe they're not just pure evil, but you, and you also get to see, you know, the the, the quote unquote terrorists. But I mean, I don't see why well, after nine uh, eleven that's a big deal because no, because you couldn't do it. You couldn't why? do it because it wouldn't be accepted today. Why would it not be accepted? Because, to what extent? I don't understand. The, because that. the show would be shut down by the right wing. I don't see why. It's not like it's not it like okay. Be. It's not like America went in to the Middle East and took over and are the ones running shit. Like they're the ones trying to rescue them from genocide. They're helping. Yes, yeah, you know. So I just I don't you know what, see but, why. But you know what? There would be it sides with terrorism. It really does. It says go teach them how to be a terrorist. They say that. I mean, they just come out and say that. Go teach them. And Kira right, sitting not, there going, you but, know what? But, but, but starting a revolution, which is different. That's that's what we're trying to kind of do is, is teach them how to start their own revolution. Well, we are. We are. Of, what I, I guess what I'm you saying. You know, it's not going to somebody else's country and killing people and being a quote unquote I, terrorist. I in guess. That sense, uh, well, but but Kira did do that. Kira did do that. Kira did blow up civilian targets. There, there is no difference. And and I think that ultimately that that what the show does so bravely is to make the terrorists to make the bad guys three dimensional. The, because because it's they're even scarier. If you think of the bad guys, that like to, not to get political, but if you think of the bad guys in the Middle East, they are scarier when you think of them as human beings. They're scarier when you think of them as people who wake up in the morning, have friends and family and people they care about, and that the, the people jumping on buses aren't evil people when they're blowing them up. They think they're doing something good, mm-hmm. and it is it is we don't like to think of that, and the show forces you to the show forces you to think about a lot of shit and i enjoy it i enjoy it so i i would say that my favorite gold god episode although there's so many i could name even season second season but the one where he is the leader of the paw wraith cult mm-hmm. and the end of that episode where where you find out like he's ready to poison them all for his own sake and yep. yet he completely believes he's doing the right thing in the paw wraiths. Yeah. Not at the end. He doesn't No, he is. He knows he's being selfish at the end. He knows he's being selfish at the end, but, but he thinks he's, he thinks he's important to the paw yeah. wraiths. Like he thinks he, he is more important than those people yeah. being alive. And but he's willing to kill all of them in, in, so they don't discover his thing. I mean, it's just, it's oh yeah, such, I mean, I mean, all of it is such, I mean, we could just go, it's you know this might not be that fun for people to listen to who haven't seen the show so i apologize but it's like like you have you know the episode with o'brien where he has to serve 20 years in his own mind that shit was fucked that's up. an astounding episode or the other o'brien episode where, where the, he's undercover i like that, that one. one or the the donnie brasco episode is what i call it yeah it's totally like, donnie brasco episode yeah it yeah. is um i love that episode and, though it's or, good it's or, and o'brien has another charged. episode where there is like you were following an O'Brien where there's another O'Brien. He thinks that everyone is out to get him. And it turns out the O'Brien you've been following is a clone the whole time. <gasps> yeah. And, that and shit that was dies. fucking crazy. You know, and, and, and 
I mean, just episode oh, after episode after after episode. They're they're not all winners, and I understand why people. I do understand why people watch the final episode and go, "It's schmaltzy, and it's cheesy, and you have the music, and it's heartstring pulling." But goodness gracious, if you're a person like me, it. Works. Are you talking about the scene in the in 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 Vix? Is I'm, that the, the I'm part talking, you're talking about? The final, the final episode, episode. I'm talking about the montage, where they keep going back to what everybody has experienced. Yeah. Of course, it, it, here's the thing. It's the final episode of 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 a seven year series. Yeah, like I absolutely expect and want you. Yeah, you know, to kind of button have, it up a little bit. I only have know? one major problem with that episode, and I, I, one, I feel like it's a little rushed. I do feel like the episode suddenly feels like let's wrap everything up. Well, really, a right now bit. we're doing. I also think the other problem I have is when you get to worse flashbacks, there's no Jadzia of any. It's kind. fucking bullshit. And it has been argued back that. The those flashbacks are what people are leaving behind on the station, and Worf is not leaving Jadzia behind because the station because she's, she's gone. Yeah, but um, you know, I guess. But it it, it felt I felt like, like she needed to be there, and I don't know why she couldn't be there because you go, oh well, likeness rights. But they use Terry Farrell's image all through season seven. He, there was a painting, there's a, a picture, a picture here, a flashback here. Yeah, her voice is here and there. Yeah, uh, there should have been. Some recognition of her in the final episode. Yeah, was, she was huge. Yeah, like fuck, fuck Ezri Dax. Wait, she wait, wh- why do you hate Ezri? Da- I think Ezri was such a better character oh, than Judzia Dax. Hell no. I think that she no, was. No, you're saying that just because she's tiny and you want to fuck her. Wow, wow. <laughs> just that's that. Let's be let's be realistic about it. That's not true. <laughs> At all. I'm saying it because I felt like she's a better actress than Terry Farrell. At least when Terry Farrell started, I felt that she was so fucking wooden. And I felt that this one was quirky and she did interesting things. I felt that 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 Terry Farrell's Dax never dealt, never, it was never dealt with the fact that she was a symbiote. I felt like the story. I'm sorry, what? I felt like the stories dealt with it, but I felt like it was a really interesting choice to have someone who was constantly dealing with. With the fact that she didn't want to be a, sim- uh, a symbiote, I felt like that was interesting. I felt that that, that was the only thing that was interesting about her. Oh, literally, I, disag- I disagree. I felt her relationship and with she's Garrick cute. was interesting, and I thought That's that it. I thought what they did with her and Worf was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting that that how does she deal with Worf was much more interesting. I got a little tired of Worf and Jadzia bickering again. I got a little tired of it. And and I felt that Worf's that Worf, I loved Worf and Jadzia being together. I liked that they were together, but I I liked that they were together, but I didn't like them together. And like I liked it for Worf because I felt it made him interesting. I felt like it was much more interesting when he when Worf didn't know what the fuck to do with Jadzia with uh, Ezri. I felt like that was much more compelling to me that were like that he was just flabbergasted, like what do I do with this. And I felt like it was. I like shows with cost and consequence. I and I know. felt, and and I felt like they really dealt with it. I mean, they re, sometimes they replace characters in shows, like when characters die, they just replace them or they get rid of them. The actor wants to leave or the. I will say this about it. I you know, once I knew what was coming, so that every time Jadzia was in danger, I'm crying my fucking eyes out. Oh man, she's they, gonna die. You know, and they, the thing um, is, I wish. And then when she does die, it's fucking quick. And comes out of nowhere. It's like it's like, and it's just yar. vicious. And I was like, no wonder he fucking likes this. You know what? Um, I, I will be honest. I wish that Jadzia had died on the epi- on in the episode where they were on the planet where yeah. Worf and she. Because I feel no, like because that's fucked up. If, if he had left her, I could never have forgiven Worf as a character. No, I wouldn't have had him leave her in that situation. But I would him being with her when she dies in battle, having her know that she's gonna die dying, having a glorious battle. But death. then you, but then you couldn't have saved the Dax symbiote. 
Um, and that's the problem. You they could wanted have, to. You could have. They you, wanted you, that. You could have had him carrying the body or something. Yeah, that, like there could have been something that they did. But having her, I, I actually felt like she was dealt so poor yeah. hand in that final. Yeah. But in her fi- and I also sort of felt like Terry Farrell being a bad actress she was not a bad. She actress. phoned it in in that ep- in the her final episode. She phoned it in. Where she was just like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy with everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys have always been good friends. I was just like, oh, come on. Um, she got good. I would say I would say, beginning of season six, you know, I hated her at the beginning because I felt she was the worst actor actor on the show. Um, all right. Here, here, right. You think I'm wrong? What actor is, is, is better, is worse than her on the show in the main characters excluding Jake? I don't know. Name one. They're all good. Who's she's the worst of them? She's the worst of them. She's just boring. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Cisco. Cisco? In the beginning? Even at the end? Oh, he oh, he gets so good. He's got he's got a few shining moments. He has some great moments. Oh, he's my favorite captain. That doesn't surprise me. He's so gray and he's so he's he as an actor he makes such interesting choices. Sometimes he's over the top. You know, I I do say uh-huh. they, all of them interesting choices the, all you want. You know, <laughs> good acting. No, I I I enjoyed when he was doing it low key when he was dark, he does dark really well. I will say the the episode I actually really enjoyed the episode the in the pit uh, not in the Palman like the episode where he was the writer. <gasps> I fucking love that episode. I'm going to tell you why because you know what? That is the hottest that Kira has ever looked. Except at the she end She is so hot it, it, like it, that. Oh the, my god. At the end of the god. episode when he when he does when he does the because it's in my mind and it's real to me. That's the one point where I can kind of mock him. And it's in my mind and it's real to me. He's <laughs> just sort of singing wow. his lines. And the, I will say the episode where he's uh the first uh, Bashir is Bond episode where he's the bad guy. He is my favorite moment of acting in all of Star Trek. Yes, no, I know you've where, said this part, where, where, and that where, is funny. Where he just, where he's looking, and 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 Bashir goes, goes, I'm just going to go ahead and let you win. And he just looks at him and goes, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. It's he re- has some really shining moments, but oh. in the beginning, I, he really oh, he, was not somebody I was a fan of. No, you know, at the beginning, he, at the beginning, he doesn't know what to do with the role. I will, I will admit to you that at the beginning, he seems like he doesn't know what to do. I'd say by the end. He becomes much. I would say honestly, when he shaves his head and grows the grows the beard, he becomes a different character, and his, <laughs> I like him for the entire rest of the show. I, I always felt like yeah. Okay, here, come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. I, I, I'll just say this. I always felt like Cisco had false teeth, and like his denture grip was fucked up or something. Like just the way he used his mouth, it, just like it. It was distracting. I really have a hard time watching him. I have a hard time getting into it when he's on screen. That's, wow. that's, you know, I wouldn't go that far. No. I wouldn't go that far. No, but, I, I think that. But he I'm, was, I hear you. Like, there's something about him that uh, people are people are hot and cold on him. I will say this: see, people are hot and cold. And I, just, and I think there's some really great moments, like in the pale moonlight. He is really great in that episode. Really, really great. And I believe him as a really captain. Amazing. I think moments, he's commanding. But, I think he's vulnerable. Uh, sure. I think I believe him as a father. I believe I believe him. I believe much more than I ever believed Janeway or Archer. I believe him. Um, you know, I'm just I, saying, like, if you're going to be talking about stuff like that, and you're going to go ahead and say that that Terry Farrell is I not just, good, like, I just, just see, just, I feel like I feel like she's wooden. I feel like she's wooden. I feel like not much is ever expected of I her emotionally. Like the, I feel like in the beginning, they're they're not they don't do much with her, which isn't the same thing. I feel like and, she's pretty. I just feel like she's she's pretty, and she doesn't 
I I don't get anything from 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 what she's doing, and I feel like, you know, I feel like that uh that what's her name? Oh, I can't remember. She is pretty. I really think this is your bias because Terry Farrell is big and and Esri is tiny. No, it's not. It's she's not, over five five, so you want nothing to do all. with her. And it's like it's she's. A, I don't know how big. tall she is. I don't know how tall she is. She's clearly bigger than her because you've seen her next to to, to Wharf and Esri next to Wharf looks like a little tiny doll. It's not that. What she it looks is, like a child. What it is is that I feel and like it's she uncomfortable. Does, I feel like she doesn't have depth. I feel like she doesn't, and I feel like when she's acting next to Nana Visitor, and she's acting next to Garrick, and she's acting next to sorry, sorry, Mister A, uh, uh, Cisco, and she's asking, she's acting next to Odo, and she's acting next to Quark, and she's acting next to Worf. I feel like she just can't keep up. Wow. I feel like I don't she, think I agree with that. Man. I feel I'm like sorry. I feel I feel like she just that she does not have the ability to display a range. Like all these other actors I'm talking about, she doesn't hold a candle to Renee Abajnoir. She doesn't hold a candle to Nana Visitor, especially like third season on. She doesn't hold a candle to to Quark. Um, she doesn't hold a candle to Garrick. She's just not that interesting. And I think that maybe what I liked about, um, and I did, I will say this, I started to like her season five, season six, because I felt like she really. She started having more vulnerability. I started liking her right around her wedding to Worf. That she like there was a layers of stuff that she was doing there that I really appreciated. She seemed vulnerable. She seemed like she was like she seemed like she was into it and like she was trying. Um, but I was just never impressed with her except for that episode and then kind of forward from there. The episode where she and I would say maybe even earlier when she was being a warrior with the Klingons. I believed her there. Yeah. But the rest of the time I never ever believed her as a science officer or someone who was really 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 smart. Um. And what I liked about Esri was that she was vulnerable and that she was dealing with shit. She always seemed to be dealing with shit. And maybe it's because when she showed up, it kind of became the Esri show for a few episodes. Um, yeah. Um, and so and so maybe it was just that she was given stuff to deal with. Yeah. Here's the thing. I felt like I, I, I feel like they gave her more to do in four episodes than they gave Terry Farrell to do in five seasons. Uh, that might be true. And, and like, that might be so true. for you to sit there and, and say that, that Terry Farrell is not as good an actress is not is not fair because if she's not given the same shit to work with, you have no basis for comparison. And when it comes and to I Esri, think, uh, here's the deal. The, I feel like, like the actress was very confident in what she did. I felt like she I did didn't a fine think, I didn't, job. I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that the actress that, that played Esri I wish sucked because I, I, I don't feel like that's true. I don't Nicole know what her DeBorn. name is. Nicole DeBorn. And, I don't, and I don't, I'm not here to say she sucked. She has this weird way of talking that's a little irritating to me. Really? It's like a speech impediment, kind of a lispy thing that you probably think is sexy. Um, oh my god! And then I love how you think that she, I'm biased toward her about the way that she appears, just because oh she god you are. she bears a passing resemblance to my wife. That is totally what it is, and just admit it. Anyway, she so she she shows up, and I remember when she shows up, I'm like, at, at first I was just irritated because I'm like, okay, seriously, the Dax symbiont winds up in another hot little number. Starfleet officer. Like, what are the fucking odds? Like, so well, what sure, I do sure. like is that they actually explain that and that I was on board for it. And then I was like, okay, now they've made a really interesting choice. Because by putting a, a symbiont into a trill who is not prepared for it, who hasn't been training for it, who hasn't wanted it their whole life, and I feel it like adds a very well. interesting 
aspect. And so it gave her a lot to do. And I'm not saying that she failed at it. She didn't. I found her interesting. You didn't find her character and her relationship with Worf to, Worf to be compelling at all? It it felt like a lot of pain and like, why are we doing this to us? Like, I it just... Because, it, because you that's love you, pain. That's I what's love up. pain. That's you a, do. It's and the Joss, I don't. It's so. the Joss Whedon role of storytelling. You create likable characters and then you hurt them. Well, see, I don't like that. That's <laughs> why... Selling, selling something, something. yes. <laughs> I, I forgot not, the word princess. I am not a fan <laughs> of that particular formula. <gasps> oh so. my gosh! Um, uh, what's his What's his name? What just um, happened? Uh, <laughs> Columbo, uh, the guy. I know Peter Falk. Peter Falk from Princess Bride died this week. I know it's so terrible. We're, that makes me so sad. Mom told me. Here, like, we're, we're placing us in time. It's going to be three weeks from now. We're going to be like, that was a month like, ago. That was like forever ago. Um, Whatever. But, you should still be mourning by now uh, because it's Peter fucking fault. Okay? I, I love I love how in the Q episode that just came out now, I just put it up like two days ago. We're talking about how Thor just came out. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right now it's the middle of the summer. <laughs> There's just this delay. Um, but yeah, that bummed me. Anyway. Yeah, um, no, that really bummed me up because Peter Falk is amazing. Yeah, Peter Falk. Um, we'll call him Peter Falk from now on. No, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Okay. One more question. <laughs> One more question. Um, so, I mean, it, look. I, I So, th- I just think, I think that the character, they did something interesting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so, I, to, I, to make a comparison with lukewarm material up till then, oh, this and then is, like a bunch of I shit. don't even know what to call this episode, because I was going to call it a DS9 postmortem, and I feel like we're scratching the surface. I feel like there's just. There's a lot of stuff. There's there. so I, much. I hated. One of the things we, I really we, loved about the show by the end of it, and that's why I was really, really upset that they were like leaving, was was the relationship between Bashir and O'Brien. I, yeah. I love that friendship. And for him to be going back to Earth, I'm like, you fucking bastards. Well, yeah, like, but, but that's <laughs> life. But that's life. I mean, ultimately, and this is really interesting, is that with Next Gen, you feel like these people were your family. And the interesting thing about, about, uh, about DS9 is, is it always felt like these people were people who worked together and were work friends. It was DS9. uh, uh, I did not feel that way. Next Gen, I always felt like Next Gen was a family drama, was a drama about a family, and and, uh, DS9 was a workplace drama. So I agree with you to some extent, but I don't. I feel like it went far beyond being work buddies. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't have babies for my fellow work buddies. But but here, hold on, hold on. but I guess I guess what I'm saying though is yeah you're right that's that's true but that's someone doing someone a solid when they needed to do it there was nobody else who could do it and so they did it and that I I felt like Odo didn't have a relationship with Cisco they weren't on Next Gen everybody seemed like family with everybody else everybody on Next Gen had a you know you know Crusher had an abrasion uh, had uh, had a relationship with Data and Jordy had a relationship. Yeah, the reason that I disagree with that. Is one episode in particular when Quark decides that he because he's he's in a really fucked up situation and everything's going to yeah, hell. Yeah, no, no, yeah. And he start and he decides to help his his cousin or something. He decides to sell weapons. Yeah, and he goes on the outs with everybody, and it's huge for him. Sure, and then and and, that's and it's a, not just one person or this but, person. But Quark, but Quark is the only person who has a relationship with everybody. That's uh, that's the the character of Quark. No, whenever there's a party, everybody's there. Yeah, yeah, but they're all sort of there. But it always sort of seems like a work party. No, it and doesn't. All, Jadzia's party for her wedding was no work party. Yeah, but not everybody was there. It was the after hours work party. <laughs> it was, but and, and not and not and not everybody was there. Jake wasn't there. Cisco wasn't there. All, none of the men were there. None of the men were there because they were on doing the, the men thing. Like so, all really? the men were in one place, and then everybody Odo, else was at Odo, Odo, Odo was doing it. Where jo- was 
Odo was at Jensio's party. Odo was working security. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I guess, I guess because what I, he had been avoiding Kira. I though. guess what I'm saying is that is that they're they're work, she looks hot in that party too. They by were the way. workplace relationships that developed into personal relationships. Yes, they did develop. That, that, and agreed that, that that's where they began. That, that ultimately. Yeah, it's like on ER. Yeah. For example, come come over, come over, just sit here. He's like, it's not as comfortable to just sit there. It's, it's, it, it's, but it, it's like on a like a, a show like ER, for example. You know, they're all doctors working in an emergency room and they're professionals, but the relationships that the show is not about you know, whatever medical emergency came in this week or whatever. It's We're not about, just about that. It's not just about that. The overarching story is how the characters develop and how they interact. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and and that's real life. I mean, I work at a hospital and nurses and doctors there are, the, I know nurses who are friends and go out to, to, you know, camping with one another. And I know that nurses and doctors get married when they work together. You know, workplace relationships are valid and strong relationships. But Alexia and I met at work, for example. Yeah. I mean, just that's an example, but we didn't, uh. I mean, that's, that's the thing. No, I'm just, <laughs> well, and here's, here's an interesting, here's an interesting thing to consider that from what I understand, the next gen cast still gets together and hangs out. They're still friends. The DS nine cast, not so much, not so much, but they all have really strong individual. They don't consider them themselves to be one big ensemble. But they all had in individual relationships. You know, Doctor Bashir was married to, to Major Kira. Yeah. Um. And and I think that uh, Mark Alamo still gets together with the guy who played Damar, and um. And I know that that Ben that uh, Avery Brooks and Sarah Clofton, who played Jake Sisko, has still have a strong relationship. Hmm. And the his son, son his son his son and that and that there are that there are a number of individual relationships that formed there and that's the thing it wasn't about the big family it was about all the individual relationships in a workplace and that they're linked together in certain places yeah and that's i and, guess i could see that and but speaking of, like, one of the things that was actually great about that and that's the thing you were talking that's, about but that's real life the thing you were talking about bashir and o'brien here's the thing ultimately bashir is going to go with his family to another job that's real life that's real life. You don't stick around because your best friend wants to go play in the Alamo with you. You go with your wife and kid to a good job, to a place where it's not always a war zone. You mean O'Brien? Yeah. I, ultimately, you go with your wife and family to a place where you can advance your career and be a better husband and father, and that is more important than being pals with your best friend. And that is a that's a real life thing. I felt like the way I feel like the end that the end of their relationship almost bothered me more than the end of Kira and Odo's because the end of Kira and Odo's was more science fiction-y and was more, you know. And I hated that shit too. Fucking oh, bullshit. but the last at, last moment when he turns into the tux is just awesome. Um, You're going to make me cry right now. Yeah, but, it's fucking bullshit. There's but, no reason they couldn't have been together. I'm just saying, writers of the last episode. Uh, <laughs> You're so funny. Don't ever watch Battlestar Galactica. Just oh, don't ever do it. Fuck, I'm already in it. Yeah, because it's, well, if you're already in it, you know that they're going to, I mean, look, how far are you in it? Uh, second yeah, season? Probably. You knew season. from the pilot that they'll kill the six-year-old they just introduced you to. I mean, they, you. you no, I know. They'll just kill everybody. I know you, you probably love that show because they just kill people left and right on it. They do. It's a war. Dude, it's whatever. a war. Dude, what? Fucking ever. <laughs> the reason I like that show is, you know, can you see the similarities between DS9 and Battlestar? You mean just the, the persistency of the storyline or let's see, the, relationships, you mean? Or? Let's see. Tell me which show I'm talking about. A bunch of people 
live on a big mechanical behemoth on which they have work relationships that spill over into personal relationships as they are pursued by a larger more powerful by a larger more powerful enemy in a show that explores not only themes about family and war and relationships but uh, but a, a highly disproportionate religious theme interspersed in, interspersed with with uh, heady heady sci-fi they're pretty similar except in DS9 they're not being pursued by the Dominion? They're not being pursued. By, or not being pursued, but you get what I'm saying. It shouldn't surprise you to know that, that they were run by... That both, that the show That both shows were written by Ron Moore. No, same, that doesn't surprise me. Same guy wrote them both, and he has said that, that Battlestar is what he would have... It was DS9 without the Star Trek, and is what he wanted Voyager to be. So he also wrote Voyager? Well, he started Voyager, and he did not write Voyager. No, he was not... Uh, he, he jumped ship so to speak. But the idea of Voyager was supposed to be that Voyager gets shot across the galaxy with no fucking supplies, with crews that didn't get along with each other. And how do they survive? Mm-hmm. That was the concept of Voyager. And instead, Voyager became a next gen. It became next gen. It just became a next gen light. Next gen light. It just became next gen light. It was like it was like, oh Junior yeah. varsity next gen. Yes, we are almost out of, we're almost out of supplies, but we shoot as many to- photon torpedoes as we want. We all play on the holodeck and we all have everything we need and the ship never seems permanently damaged. And, <laughs> and of what? Voyager. I own the first five seasons. How many are there? Seven. Are you kidding me? That season that went as long as yeah, next gen DS9 and and uh, Voyager all went seven. The original series went three, animated went one, and uh, Enterprise went four. I just how can Voyager have gone seven? Because it made money, because it kept making money, it's it just... kept pulling in million. Because it was the only Trek on TV it when it ended. Because because <sighs> it because it was the only Trek on TV when it ended. Whatever. And ultimately, for Enterprise, that ended up not being enough. And the problem with Enterprise, it was right when Enterprise got good. Is right when the when Enterprise like started getting really fresh and good and likable. And they were like, "Nope, we're done." Well, it, it was likable for two million people, and they were like, "Well, your show costs way too much for only two million people to be watching it." Wow. So, I guess I haven't gotten. I haven't wow, we haven't Enterprise. here. Here, here, as we as we enter the end of the hour, because this has been an hour. Here are things that we have not talked about. Um, uh, things that if we're going to really do a, a DS9 postmortem that I'd want to talk about. The Dominion. The War. The Klingons. Worf. Jeffrey fucking Combs. What an actor. I fucking love that guy. What an actor. The guy who can be like when you're watching the final episode and he goes Jeffrey Combs as Wayun and Brunt. And you go Wayun is just the most amazing character. He's so awesome to watch and him and Dukat on screen together at the same time is astounding i'll tell you what i love is the scene when wayun realize like he he sees the change in damar but he but he misinterprets it yeah because damar's got like he's grown a pair and he's walking around with like some you know some yeah. confidence in his pocket because he's about to like go yeah. against the dominion and shit and wayun's like oh and different we, somehow and we've, <laughs> and we've, like, we've <laughs> barely talked about ducat we barely talked about the the seventh season we barely talked about the 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 moment the 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 moment at the end of uh of season five we mentioned it before when uh when they've evacuated the station and you first see the defiant pull up into that fucking fleet of starfleet ships that episode like that episode when they leave 
And that, mo- but the moment, like, the moment when the defiant goes, we're meeting the fleet, and you see it pull into a to a huge, yeah, that's you've amazing. You've never seen that. No, before. you've never seen that before. But I think that that for me was was not as big a deal as them leaving the station. Sure, and, and when they like that and, was like, uh, what the, the fuck? The fact like that, that was crazy. Sh- sh- back away from the mic a little, please. <laughs> Look at this. That's you down there. You know what I would like to submit? Fuck me. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like the, we haven't talked about the space battles. We haven't talked about the the developments on Bajor. Really, we haven't talked. There's so much we barely scratched. The, we haven't talked. We have. We've not talked about the alternate universe, which was like ten episodes. That let me talk about how all of a sudden the alternate yeah. universe. And and now now that we're visiting, there's still an episode in the alternate universe. And oh, but. No, Dax died there too somehow, um, and it's Esri in tight leather instead, sure. so we can make her look hot and sexy because sure. she's on our show but, now. But that's like but that, it's just. But you know what? You have you again. You have to scoop. You have to scoop for the alternate universe. The the idea that they're all there. You know that that. You, and that as soon as one character has died yeah. in one universe, she's miraculously yeah. died in the other well, universe. Well, because Terry Farrell thought. Oh, well. Terry Farrell thought I'll go do Becker. That's a good idea. What? So, <laughs> have you seen Ted Danson show Becker? No. Is that why she left? She left to go to a sitcom because it because it wasn't syndicated. It was on it was on network. Are you kidding? And then she was fired off that show. Go on. <gasps> That's so, terrible. So uh, I was just going to point out there's an episode in the alternate universe where uh, where Vic Fontaine is like running around with yeah. a gun outside a Hollow Suite. Like, what the fuck? I love that. I love what what I love. What I love about it is that they just kind of they're they're just nodding to you, the audience, going, "Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Just deal with it." (laughs) This was just us. This we just wanted to show Vic with a gun because we fucking love. I I love that. I love that moment too, where they're just kind of like, "Oh yeah." Um, and and I actually kind of like one of my favorite uh, moments was that in one of the alternate universe episodes, Tuvok is there from Voyager. Yeah, you know, you know, and he has like six lines. He has six lines. And it just, I, rec- just, I totally recognize. And it's too. just, and it's not that it's just Tim Russ playing another character, yep. like like he does in in Star Trek: The Next Generation and Generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's t- Tuvok from Voyager. I thought you, meant, I thought you said Tuvok. No, Tuvok. No, fuck Tuvok. no. God, that would make me want to kill well, myself. Wait, wait, wait. Tu- Did tu- tu- Tuvok Shakur would be great, like like Vulcan logical rap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude, dude, write it. Dude, dude, do it, do it, do e, it. E, E equals MC. E equals, equals MC squared, yo. I challenge my audience to send me a, a Vulcan logic rap. Go. <laughs> it, uh, One, two, three, go. Ju- Justin, Justin, Justin at trekoffpodcast. Five minutes, go. Um, so And then he will perform it. <laughs> um so the other, the, I liked the um, the episode where what was fun about the one where he was like a writer or whatever and like it wasn't really happening and shit was that you got to like play a little game of like, which one is that without their, their oh, yeah. makeup on? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, look, there's Nog. Oh, look, it's Gold Ducat. Oh, yeah. It was, it um, was, I mean, it's, it's, there's so much great stuff to talk about. Look, Martok, he plays several characters so as well. That guy is, is phenomenal. Um, Actually, he plays, it's interestingly, he, uh, because he, he also plays that other changeling dude. He does play the other changeling dude under a different name. It's not J.G. Hexler, but like whatever. Really? Because I totally knew it was like, him. I was like, that's yeah, totally you know, it's him, funny. right? We haven't, we haven't talked about Martok at all, which I, I will want to talk. I, think I that, love Martok. I feel like Martok is the best Klingon in all of Star Trek. He's a phenomenal Klingon. I'm I feel like there fan. is there is no Klingon that is better realized 
than Martark. He is he is complete like Worf is not Klingon. Warp. No, he's not because everything he, he, about Worf he, is wrong. I mean, it's not wrong. It's not all wrong. No, it is he's wrong. Not, even Guinan, he's not purebred. Guinan, like, grown Guinan calls in. him. Guinan calls him out on it in the third season of Next Gen that he's not that he is not a, he's not a good Klingon. Guinan, no, Guinan not, calls him out and goes goes other Klingons laughed. I've heard you know. He goes well. No, I don't no. feel like laughing. And he tries. That's what like I mean, and that's his struggle. That's, that's what, what makes what him I mean interesting. That's as a character. I mean Martok, Martok is pure, unadulterated. Klingon. And yes. I feel like there has in never a, been another Klingon in the history of Star Trek that was that seemed like a real person and was also completely Klingon. And just Yeah, there, I could see that. He is the best. He is he is a Klingon well, within Well, because he you see him go through so many he's different a Klingon si- like with, stuff. With, he's a Klingon with insecurities. Yep. He's a Klingon who is absolutely baffled by why humans act the way they do he's a Klingon who is gruff and aggressive and rude he is a Klingon who is honorable and sensitive he is he is that the actor does such a great job at at making this character completely three-dimensional I am just blown away by him and he is is astounding he's amazing um we it's an hour it's I uh we're gonna have to talk about this more um, but clearly, but it's been an hour and seven minutes, and there's so much we we haven't even talked about the show. Like we just sort of scratched the surface. Uh, yeah, like we talked about like our episode. I feel like that, I feel like what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna do a part two of this. I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna have to hit all these things we want to talk about. I want to talk about the Klingons one day. That's gonna be the day to talk about Mark Martok, and we're gonna go season by season. And even you know, and we'll talk about the captains. We'll have a day we talk about Cisco. We'll talk about the Daxes. We'll hit all this as time goes on. But I guess the point is, listen, guys. Listen, a lot of you rejected DS9 because in the first two seasons, it, it was mostly not that strong. And a lot of you watched it. I still it. thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good, but it was not. Look. You, I wh- realize what you're saying, though, in when terms it, of the when show it, that it kind of becomes versus yeah. what that was. When, then, it, yeah. when it came on, when it came on, it didn't know what it wanted to be. It had Q on. It didn't really know where it was going. It was, it was, and it was new. The actors didn't know what they were doing quite yet. And it was being compared to the sixth season of Next Gen. Which is tough to do because Next Gen was in was in its prime. Yeah, and and a lot of people watched the first few episodes, said, "I don't dig that." Jump ship, and if you jump ship before the third season of DS Nine, you have missed out on what is not just you saying is poss- is as good as Next Gen. Me saying is the best Trek. Um, I would say the fifty percent of Trek fandom out there, Trek fandom, Trek fandom, Trek fandom out there will say that DS Nine is the best the next gen ever gets. If you have given up on it, give it a chance. And you, here's how you're going to give it a chance: is that as of next month, I think Netflix streaming is going to have all of Star Trek, which equals the best all of it. thing ever. So listen, I know there are those of you out there listening, uh, mostly next gen fans. Most of the world is next gen fans. And I will say to you that if you have not given DS9 a chance, watch be, that shit because you because you w- watch it from week to week. You got to make it through the. Fr- I, normally, I would say go ahead and start in season three. You can't. You, you can't. You, you got to. But it rewards you in ways that it is the first show I have ever fa- that, that I ever found that was this serialized. It's the reason I like Buffy. It's the reason I like Lost. It's the reason that I like serialized television because DS9 introduced me to the concept that it will pay you off for for paying attention for seven seasons it is spectacular so it's watch really it. good shit yeah you so should watch, totally it, watch it watch it and look we don't agree on a lot and we're agreeing on this we don't but we do agree that you should watch yeah that this shit. is so, so go, like write it down e- email us do um, that shit. <laughs> evidently there is an alexia at trekoffpodcast.com evidently it's, it's the name alex with, uh, with ia at the end i'm justin like just in time justin at trekoffpodcast.com 
um uh go to endlightpodcast.com uh and and check out the other podcast and listen if you're listening to this and you've just downloaded it and you're just streaming it to your phone or whatever um whatever you're using especially if it's itunes please subscribe um because we we will come to you automatically give us a rating on itunes um <laughs> we'll show up on your door they'll no. show up on your door um <laughs> no, uh, really and, and listen here's my challenge go right now as you're finishing the episode go to facebook and and tell your friends to to come check us out especially your, your star trek fans because everyone yep we want to build our listenership so please do that's it my name is justin and my name is alexia trek off trek off bitches Ninjas versus vampires, bitches. That's on DVD. Reviewers have called it one of the 10 best indie horror films of 2010. 10 awesomes, Jason yeah. Mewes. <laughs> Basically, what would happen if Brody, uh, Randall, and Jay from our movies became ninjas and had to fight vampires? Come on. This is available in most DVD stores, Amazon, Walmart, online, etc., but if you order from ninjasversusvampires.com, that's ninjas, N-I-N-J-A-S, and then versus V-S, and then vampires, V-A-M-P-I-R-E-S.com, take you a little extra effort to go to their site, but do it. Buy directly from them, man, because then they keep, get to keep more of it. Uh, while you're there, check out the End, End Light Podcast Network, endlightpodcast.com, with not safe for work uh, content uh, podcasts about movies and Star Trek. Yeah. Support Kev fans who make movies that Kev would like. Or now we call them Little Musters. Yeah, Little Musters. Let's direct your whole Little Musters army, which is all uh, up to about 12 people. Over to ninjasversusvampires.com. Yep.